0: Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a fucking ring on our finger.
1: Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips.
2: I'm um, Molly Bay.
1: Today is November 12th, 2019. You know, from listening to people, Buck fans, you wouldn't know that we had won Sunday. A lot of negativity out there. Brendan Hargreaves got cut. Waved, whatever you want to call it.
2: That was really unexpected. It was. I expected him to be benched, probably. It just kind of came out of the blue.
1: Something must have happened, you know, because he didn't seem upset after the game. And Bruce Arians didn't really talk about him much after the game. They said they were going to have a meeting with him Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember. And then next thing you know, he's getting cut. A lot of people are saying it's a... uh, Testament to how bad Jason Light is because of the 2016 draft, only one guy is left on the team. That's Ryan Smith. But again, you know, I'm, I'm of the opinion that you know, what good's cutting Light going to do, or getting rid of Light going to do if you ain't got somebody better to replace it? Doesn't make any sense to me. People just get angry and they just they just want to punish people like you say all the time. So we got rid of Hargreaves. That means we have no veteran leadership in our secondary
2: at all. Not that he was really much of a leader. I don't think. During the offseason on the Ira Kaufman podcast, they had said, one of the Joes or both, that they had heard reports from inside One Buck Place that Hargreaves in general kind of had a bad attitude. and But they couldn't confirm what they had heard. But they did say if it was true, they didn't think he should be on the team.
1: Well, I watched the play that Bruce Aarons talked about where he just, Harg- Hargreaves, did not give a whole lot of effort. And it's true, he didn't. You know, he came in at an angle. He could have tackled the guy, and he didn't. And the guy ended up picking up like 60-some yards. And then they they benched him after that. Then they had to bring him in late in the fourth quarter because somebody got hurt. Who was it? MJ Stewart? I can't remember. Anyhow, and then he, he did good. He got a pass defense and actually knocked the ball out of the hands of the wide receiver. And I don't know. Yeah, it was a surprise. But it is what it is.
2: It always seems like B.A. has to have one of those, kind of the sacrificial lamb.
1: Well, he's making a statement, that's for sure.
2: Definitely. And, you know, Vernon Hargreaves was already taken off of special teams because he lacked the effort.
1: Yeah, that's where I really noticed his lackadaisical attitude. But I'm honestly, I'm not sad to see him go. I mean, he's never really impressed me. He's been injured a lot. And if he would have got hurt this year, then we would have had to pay him. I think it was like $5 million next year because we had picked up his fifth-year option. Whatever. So, you know, looks like it's going to be Jamal Dean and Bunting and MJ Stewart.
2: And then we moved Mazzy Wilkins-, Wilkins up from oh, cool. the practice squad. Good. And we also signed John Franklin the third to the practice squad. He was from FSU, and he was an Auburn quarterback who that converted to wide receiver.
1: He was with the Bears before, right?
2: Yeah, this is all... Per Greg Amon. So it's interesting timing, but I think it's just one of those where BA isn't putting up with that stuff.
1: No, and that's good. That's what, that's good. That's what you want. You want accountability. I am mean, not a big fan of cutting people, but I got faith in a BA. <laughs> so I'm going to start calling him now.
2: <laughs> Sheeple.
1: So I got the all 22 done. Got what, the video will probably be up by the time you listen to this podcast. It's on YouTube's. I I was really surprised at how few things there were in this game to point out. It seems like, you know, I always talk about games. uh, Do we win? Do we beat ourselves? Do the refs beat us? I think that's it, right?
2: Or did the other team beat us?
1: Yes. Did (laughs) Did we get beat? Did we beat ourselves? Did we beat the other team? Or did the refs beat us? Something like that. (laughs) Anyhow, with this game, uh, watching All-22 Arizona's just really not that good of a team. They made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I I don't want to say that they beat themselves and we just happened to be there and win it. Because we did play pretty decent football, but we made some mistakes too. It was kind of a shootout between who made the most mistakes. Now, again, there was a lot of big plays too. But a lot of them were because people were making mistakes. Uh, There was one, B.A. even referenced it in his press conference, at the one where Ryan Smith got beat for a touchdown. I think it was a six-six yard touchdown.
2: That was right after Hargreaves got benched. That was the play after.
1: The What happened was that they lined up and snapped the ball real quick, and our defense wasn't ready. And you could see it in the, the All-22. The guys that, you know, they between each play, they point the camera at the scoreboard so you can get the down and all that mess, and then they'll move the camera to the field. Well, on that play, they were showing the scoreboard, and then they move it down real quick, and they almost didn't catch the snap. First time I've ever seen that on All-22, where those guys didn't almost didn't get the snap. But, yeah, they definitely caught our defense off guard. They did that quite a bit during this game, where they would snap it real quick. Instead of doing a lifting the leg, Murray would clap his hand, and once he clapped his hand, they'd snap the ball. So it was real fast. They did that quite a bit, but they, they definitely caught us that time. So we'll probably see Ryan Smith on the field more. I like him. We'll see how he does as cornerback. Yeah, I like him too.
2: Especially on special teams. No, oh, he's great on special teams,
1: man. I watch him every every special teams. He always seems to be doing good. He's always the first one down there when we're kicking off and usually when uh when we're receiving the ball, he's blocking all over the damn place.
2: He should be rested, so hopefully that'll work to his advantage.
0: Yeah,
1: there's that. So yeah, uh Kyler Murray, he didn't really Played that well. I mean, he's fast and elusive, but he had a good six, seven bad passes. Uh, their team made a lot of mistakes.
2: It's what you would expect from a rookie quarterback and a new coaching staff. To me, that's how I look at it.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely looks like that. It's a little
2: rusty, not quite together. Right. We kind of have the same issues, not with the quarterback, but having a new coaching staff.
1: Yeah, they would do silly things like forget the block people. Like, they forgot to block Chuck Barrett one time. That was disastrous for them. Uh Their first kickoff after scoring, they shanked it out of bounds.
2: Oh, yeah, I remember that one.
1: They had two back-to-back false start plays to start the second quarter. They were just all over the place making mistakes. And was that one where the guy was wide open. I think it was a tight end. <laughs> and Murray threw the ball to him. It was wide open. It would have been a touchdown. And then the sun got in his eyes, and he couldn't uh, catch Oh, right. Ball.
2: I remember that one.
1: But... That kind of goes back. It was really weird watching this game after watching last week against the Seahawks because the Seahawks didn't make hardly any mistakes. I mean, they were just well polished, smooth machine. And then watching the Cardinals just kind of out there flailing around, just a big disparity. And it it goes back to my point that, you know, being a good football team is really not about the talent. You look at the the Patriots for that. Uh, It's about not making mistakes. Let the other team make mistakes. capitalize on them you don't make mistakes i think that's one thing that ba's really big about that's why he has the accountability sheet he talks about mental errors and that's a big thing mental errors now we had quite a few too uh it was the worst outing so far for donovan smith he didn't play horrible but as good as he's been playing all year this was his worst game Uh, a lot of it didn't really affect the play but you know he had a couple of times where he just slipped out of nowhere uh Missed a couple blocks. A couple times he didn't block anybody. I think he got beat once or twice. But, you know, he did all right. But compared to, that le- to how he's played the last four years, this was stellar. <laughs> uh, DeMar Dodson had kind of a rough day. Alex Kappa had kind of a rough day.
2: Okay, what happened on that one play where James got sacked because Kappa oh. <clears throat> didn't block anybody?
1: That wasn't Kappa's fault. Wait it was Dodson? No, no I'm, t- I'm trying to remember. There was one where Dodson obviously... Got the play wrong because the whole rest of the line slanted left and Dotson went right. (laughs) He went right, ended up hitting O.J. Howard, who was trying to block Terrell Suggs. Terrell Suggs was able to get around both of them. But by Dotson not blocking left like the rest of the line, he left the guy, I can't remember who it was, left him wide open. And he rushed right in and sacked Jameis Winston. So I think that's the play. Everybody's blaming on Kappa, but it wasn't Kappa's fault. Kappa, everybody was blocking left. They were they were crashing left, and Dotson went right, left a big old hole.
2: Your other left, Dotson. Other
1: left. Uh, Rodney Gunter, number 95 on the Arizona Cardinals. He's good. I like him. Never heard of him before, but he's pretty good.
2: He's a defensive end.
1: Yes. Terrell Suggs had a good game. Actually, their front defense had a pretty good game. They were they were disrupting things. But Winston never wasn't really pressured that much.
2: Do you want to go through the sacks?
1: I, I don't have them written down. Okay. I, I think I did a video on all four of them, but let me see. Uh, there was one where he stepped up into a sack. But Winston had a great day. He he didn't have any missed open receivers except one, I think.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah, that's been two weeks in a row. Uh, and the one he missed was Mike Evans running down the field with his arm up.
2: Didn't we see that one on the broadcast?
1: I don't remember. Maybe it
2: was the week before.
1: I want to say on that one, Jameis ended up scrambling and picking up first down on it. There. So, you know, it wasn't that disastrous. I really thought I would see more of that with this game. You know, him not seeing open receivers. But, no, he's, he was pretty actually good with seeing when a defender was falling down or trailing a guy. A couple of times I actually saw him move his head around, scan the field. <laughs> but, yeah, Donovan Smith, uh, he, he wasn't hustling as much as he has been all year. He wasn't lax by any means. But... Uh, the offensive line looked kind of confused out there, but they, you know, I mean, they still played great. They played average, if you ask me. They played average. They weren't above average like they have been. And a lot of that might be contributed to Arizona's front line. And they were they were pretty good, relatively. Our defensive line to Sue, once again, didn't do much. He didn't look bad. He didn't do much, though. Uh, Vita played well, as usual.
2: Sue did get a sack. Did he? Yes.
1: I don't remember that. Uh, Barrett did very well. Barrett was all over the place. And he was tearing guys up. Uh, both tackles, tight ends, running backs.
2: Barrett had that right tackle's number. He kept <laughs> twice that right tackle.
1: Justin Pugh, the right tackle or the left tackle? Maybe the, right the tackle left tackle. The left tackle was uh, Justin Murray.
2: I can't remember. I want to say it was the right tackle. But twice I saw Barrett got him to false start. <laughs> Well, Barrett didn't do anything, but I think it was just the anticipation, like he was waiting for Barrett, and then he jumped a little early.
1: Yeah, because Barrett was using a lot of speed on the outside, beating the heck out of these guys. He had one real pretty spin move, but Murray was getting the ball out fast. Uh, I think
2: I think their speed is their strength on offense between Kyler Murray and then the tempo of the game with them snapping before we're ready.
1: That's a good point.
2: I think that really worked to their advantage.
1: Because Ian Daniels was out there for a couple plays, starting about third quarter. I'm sitting there and I'm watching. I was like, who in the hell is number 41? He was playing uh, outside linebacker. And he was lined up on the thing. And I was like, well, who is that guy? So I had to go and look. I was like, oh, it's Daniels. Oh, darn. He didn't do much. Yeah. He was, he was probably out there five plays. I don't know. I could I could look at this.
2: Yeah, to be expected with JPP and Barrett healthy.
1: Yeah, you're not going to get much playing time with those guys out there.
2: And he probably didn't have enough time to really get going with anything if he's only out there.
1: Right. He got three snaps. Okay. What did I say? Five? Man. Yeah. He got three. Uh, Murphy Bunting, Whitehead, and Levante David all played 100% of the defensive snaps. All David had a really snaps. good game. Yeah, Sorry. was right. It was pretty good. That strip was great. Yeah. Devin White played 97% of the plays. He had 65 plays. She killed Barrett at 64 of the plays. That's 96%. Jason Pierre Paul played 91% of the plays. Sue played 79%. Hargreaves, 64%. MJ Stewart, 58%. Adams had 52%. Where is Vita Vea at? Oh, here. Wait a minute. No, that's on offense. They don't have Vita Vea on defense.
2: Well, maybe it's both. What's this heading?
1: Okay. Yeah, so he he played 73% of the snaps.
2: Huh. And Sue had 79, so they're not that far off. And then. Yeah, she played
1: four more snaps than Fea.
2: Fea had the three snaps on offense, so 4% of the offensive play.
1: Yeah, he flipped a guy on that that play where uh, Barbara scored the touchdown, the game-winning touchdown. Some guy tried to, like, jump over the pile, and Fea just flipped him.
2: (laughs) Well, he was a running back in high school.
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean, he's very quick, very fast. He can't jump for crap. He did end up batting a pass, though. He. I think well, he,
2: Kyler Murray's so tiny, right?
1: I think I think Vita got off the ground maybe six inches. <laughs> Seriously, and be, and he's got those short arms too. So Kyler Murray must have really thrown a line drive on that one.
2: Length is not his strength.
1: No, no. length is not his strength. Length, what he's
2: Doctor Seuss. What do you think about the refs? They totally effed the yeah, Cardinals. Brought,
1: they robbed the Cardinals on that last play. <laughs> really did. It was sad to see. I I didn't really notice a whole lot. You know, there was some holding, especially on Sue. It seems like Sue gets held a lot. Uh, but nothing nothing that I recall where I went, uh, you know, oh, my gosh, that was, how did they miss that? Or that really affected the play. Uh, there was one uh, JPP got held. The guy, I think it was uh, DJ Humphreys, actually had him in a bear hug wow. at one point, but they didn't call that.
2: Just two old friends getting together.
1: Yeah. And, you know, they called intentional grounding on Jameis Winston at one play. And I went back, of course, and every time, you know, I read the intentional grounding rules and it's very, it's way too subjective, way too subjective. And, but one of the qualifications for it to be intentional grounding is that the quarterback must be at an imminent loss of yardage. He's going, you know, he's either in the the grasp of somebody or he's about to get hit. Well, in that play where uh, Jameis Winston got the intentional grounding call, he wasn't about to get hit. I mean, there was a defender coming at him, but he could have easily dodged the guy or whatever, you know. And and Jameis Winston just threw it and he threw it out. It was supposed to be a screen pass. And I can't remember who it was Barbara Jones, I think it was Jones, Ronald Jones, didn't go out for the screen pass. He stayed in and blocked instead, so. You know, that one was one where I was like, "Yeah, they really shouldn't have called intentional grounding for that.
2: You don't think they should ever call it? No, Except on Drew Brees.
1: Except on Drew Brees, yeah. (laughs) Drew Brees is the antithesis of the reason why they have the rule. He will be, there will be three guys on him, he'll be falling to the ground, and he'll just throw the ball.
2: At the lineman's feet. Yeah,
1: and they never, ever call intentional grounding. It drives me crazy with him. That's just one of those rules that they need to, if they're going to have the rule, and I can understand why they would have the rule, but... If they're going to have the rule, they need to make it more precise. It's just way too subjective. Way too subjective.
2: And there's too many parameters.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: It's one thing you're when you're inside, inside the pocket, the, inside right? The
1: pocket, outside or outside the, the pocket.
2: So then you've got to determine well, where were you? So which rules apply? It's it's too much. Yeah. They have a hard enough time with pass interference.
1: Oh God, I know. <laughs> yeah, Hargreaves got called for pass interference uh, in the fourth quarter when Arizona was driving down the field. I don't know. I couldn't see it, but. Maybe on replay it was there or something. I don't know, but that's that's probably what really set Arians off. That was like he's he was like I'm done with this guy, you know. Because here it is, we had the lead, we're trying to keep Arizona from moving down the field and scoring, and then he gets this big pass interference call on a third down. You know that would have ended the game, but he got pass interference, so maybe that was the the straw that broke the camel's back or the camel that broke the straw's back. One of the two. OJ Howard had a bad day blocking. I think it was about four or five times where he just he just showed no effort. And blocking. I don't think he wants to be blocking anymore.
2: They are using the tight ends in more blocking situations than receiving, I feel like. Like, where has Breit been all season? Or OJ?
1: Yeah, Breit wasn't out there that much. Uh, let me see. Cameron Breit was out there for 15 plays?
2: It just seems like OJ and Brait in Cutter's offense, they were pass-catching tight ends, and mm-hmm. B.A.'s not using them that way. That's their strength, so to me, I'd like to see them out there more. Of course, those plays are more exciting than seeing a tight end blocking. Like You're probably not even going to pay attention to right, yeah. The tight end people. blocking, so of course most people would prefer that they're out there. Catching passes, but...
1: Well, O.J. Howard was out there for 99% of the offensive plays. He was out there for 82 plays. There was 83 offensive plays, 67 defensive plays. Wow. All of our offensive linemen were out there for 100% of the game. Uh, but yeah, we've been doing that all year where we use the tight ends more. But now we've been using Josh Wells in for an extra blocker whenever we go to those jumbo sets. Uh, that's probably because, what's his face is out? All clear.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, O.J. just looked like he was not... Into the blocking at all.
2: He probably wants the passes. Yeah. Get on a highlight reel, get your numbers up.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, because you know he's getting help from fantasy football owners everywhere he goes. <laughs> How come you ain't catching them all?
2: And knowing that the New England Patriots inquired, wanted you there.
1: No, yeah.
2: And that's what he would have been doing there.
1: Yeah, so uh, the Cardinals, man, they didn't play that well, but we beat them.
2: A win's a win. There's no asterisk there.
1: Yeah, I mean, they didn't play horrible. But they played about what you would expect. Maybe a little bit better than what you would expect, actually. Yep, no asterisks on a win. All right, what do we got for news going on?
2: Mike Evans became the youngest player to reach 7,000 receiving yards in NFL history. He did it in 26 years, 81 days. So that's how old he was. Larry Fitzgerald did it. He was 26 years, 111 days. So Mike Evans beat him by 30 days.
1: Yeah, while he was playing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that was pretty cool. I always like to see Mike get some accolades.
1: Our December 21st game, week 16, has been moved to Saturday at 1 p.m.
2: That is so weird. Yeah,
1: it's very strange. It was flexed.
2: It's not even like it's the last game of the season. I could see it on week 17, maybe.
1: That's the one against the Houston Texans.
2: Right. Is that a home game? Yeah, that's a home game. Maybe it's... I know it's... I don't know. It's very weird. The challenge... That B.A. did the last one where he didn't have any more challenges and he threw the flag anyway and everyone's like, oh, B.A., you're so stupid. Mm -hmm. He came out and said that he did it on purpose because he wanted to make a point that Marvin Lewis did it and it worked out.
1: Yeah, did it against us.
2: Yeah. So that was B.A.'s They actually won a game because of it. Right. In that case, it was inside the two-minute warning and it forced the clock to stop and then they ended up reviewing it.
1: Uh, yeah, I understand Bruce Arians' thoughts behind that. He wanted it. He wanted everybody to see that he was right. Yeah. And you know? uh, didn't want the refs to get away with it in everybody's mind. Because if he wouldn't have done that, they wouldn't have replayed it. And they wouldn't have shown it on the big screen. And, you know, he basically gave everybody time to watch it and go, oh, yeah, Kyle Murray was down. He likes say.
2: to stick it to these refs.
1: He does. He does not like the refs. If you follow Jake Arians or his wife... Uh, you'll see that they have quite a few nasty things to say about the officiating crews. They
2: don't hold back, ever. They do not
1: hold back. So they're like his mouthpiece, I think.
2: Yeah, his proxy. I think he's also got a temper. I think so, too. So I think sometimes he does things on the sidelines that people question later, and he's got to come up with an explanation. I think a lot of it is he just loses his cool.
1: I don't know. I don't know. He's just not the kind of guy that, I mean, he says it in his book, and I've seen it throughout all his press conferences. He just doesn't bullshit. You know, and I think that...
2: I mean, I'm not saying that he's bullshitting. I'm just saying that he gets hot on the field sometimes and makes some impulsive decisions.
1: Man, if it would have cost us the game, boy, people would have been furious. Yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, Atlanta Falcons, at least I guess it's Atlanta Falcons. No,
2: okay, it's not Atlanta. What? It's not the Falcons. The NFL is arranging a workout, and they're inviting all the oh. NFL clubs. It just happens to be held in Atlanta oh. for Colin Kaepernick. What? I know, the way that Colin Kaepernick's tweet worded it, it sounded like he's going to work out with Atlanta, but that's not the case. He's working out in Atlanta, and it's going to be like a workout and then an interview with And it's open to all the NFL clubs. Now, let me ask you, how many NFL quarterbacks get a workout specifically arranged by the NFL League?
1: Now, here's the problem I have with that. I don't think it is specifically arranged by the NFL League. I think this is Colin Kaepernick talking out of his ass.
2: Saying that it is. Well, well, others have tweeted it. Adam Schefter. Earlier earlier in the day. Uh Uh-huh.
1: He his representatives had said that they were holding tryouts and inviting the NFL teams to come. This was a, this was early, much earlier in the day than his tweet. And the, uh, you know then what a couple of hours ago they say he he puts this tweet out saying that the NFL league office reached out to them about a workout in Atlanta.
2: So they're framing the narrative. Yes, so I think they're framing the narrative.
1: Well, anyhow, my point being I wish they landed Falcons to pick him up. I know, me too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I agree. There's right. this God. is probably one of the most heavily debated points in the NFL currently. Can Colin Kaepernick play? No. And I think I both mean, yeah, sides he, are like God, very eager for him to get a job somewhere yes. so this can be settled.
1: Yes, please somebody in the NFL hire this guy. Preferably somebody in our division, the Panthers, the Saints the Falcons. So somebody please hire him so he can blow your team apart and suck at the same time. Just like he did the 49ers. Uh, you know... He hasn't played in three years. There's yeah. no way he's in Look shape. Look how
2: rusty guys are. After just not, a couple weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Three years?
1: Please, please let an NFL team pick Here, him up.
2: Here's my main issue with him. It's not the politics. It's not even really his playing. It's that he tore the San Francisco 49ers locker room apart
1: yeah that's that's what that's
2: what gets and it big. wasn't the protest that was no. not what it was no
1: is he he cheated on Alan Smith's well, girlfriend supposedly
2: they were broken up
1: well same difference I mean if you you don't date somebody's
2: yeah girlfriend, you're, you're banging your teammate's ex girlfriend that he recently broke up with they got into a fist fight at practice.
1: Yeah, it's funny that nobody ever talks about no. that. It's always about his politics. That's the reason. No, the guy destroyed the 49 Nineers. I, mean, I mean, it was
2: Jim Harbaugh left the NFL
1: because of this mess. You know, because I mean, Kaepernick. You just don't. You don't. Nobody ever does that. You just don't do that. You Especially don't.
2: Especially the leader of your team, your quarterback.
1: Yeah, you're gonna steal because that's what happened. He he stole out on Smith's girlfriend. Right. And. You know, Alton Smith went crazy after that. I mean, he was crazy to begin with. Well, but then he, he got just, a
2: DUI like right after, mm-hmm. got arrested, got cut from the team, they which to, you can say that's Alton Smith's choice and yeah, it would be perfectly yeah. valid to say that. But
1: that doesn't help when the leader of your football team is dating your ex-girlfriend yeah. <laughs> that you had a falling out with that... You, didn't, you don't appreciate him dating your ex-girlfriend. Let's put it that right. way. Right.
2: And then you fight at practice over it. So, yeah. And word was that it divided the locker room. Some people were on Cap's side. Some people on Alvin Smith's side. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wouldn't want him within three states of my locker room.
1: <laughs> well, I would. Uh, Louisiana, Georgia, and North Carolina, I think, are all perfect places for him to go.
2: Perfectly suitable.
1: <laughs> you know, we have to pat ourselves on the back, which we do all the time here. Uh, we called that Cam Newton would not last the season.
2: Yeah, but we also said that they were going to implode. And... Oh, that's
1: still possible. I mean, come on now.
2: And we said they were going to suck, and they're they get a positive record. They still have time to suck. I think they had a better chance of sucking with Cam Newton starting and now that he's on IR, that's not necessarily the case. Well, but we did say he wouldn't finish this Yeah, season. we called that. And, I was there.
1: <laughs> and we said that uh, Rivera is not going to last. This is going to be his last year there too. Yeah. But if we'll he pulls see. this out, yeah. I'll be impressed with the guy cuz this is what the second or third time he's been on the
2: Yeah. the chopping block. block and yep.
1: has pulled through. But I don't want to see that happen. I really want to see him crash and burn.
2: They still could.
1: Atlanta looks like they're gonna have a whole new everything next year. It'll
2: be dirt cutter, I'm sure. I'm sure it <laughs> no,
1: will. I want it to be Ray Morris. He is
2: like a coach killer, that dirt cutter.
1: Dirt cutter, the coach killer. You
2: would never never hire him as your offensive coordinator. He's gonna take your job.
1: And then be a mediocre head coach.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think he has the football mind to be a good head coach, but he does not have the people management no, skills. No,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's a great mind. He's got a great football mind. I mean, his offense He should
2: like, be a coordinator.
1: Yeah. Although our offense is actually better than the, which, that's what I said when we were going to get Bruce Arians, I was like, there's the only person, only coach I know that could do a better offense than Dirk Cutter was Bruce Arians.
2: Yeah, we've got some semblance of a run game. <laughs> yeah, <that helps. laughs>
1: But I'm pr- pretty sure we're scoring more points. We're more points per game, more yardage. You know, Jameis Winston is on record to get almost 5,000 yards this year.
2: Wow. Yeah. Two Tampa Bay receivers?
1: Hmm? Oh, yeah. You're funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you figure Mike Evans is going to have 2,500 of those yards and Chris <laughs> Godwin is going to have the other 2,500. I think I think those two have – Uh, Greg Allman had, had tweeted it out that uh, they have like a 850 yards – and then the next closest is Paraman with seventy five yards on the season.
2: Wow. Yeah, we can not get that third receiver spot clicking.
1: Man. Well, you know, you got a guy like Mike Evans and <laughs> yeah. Perriman. you just throw it to you know, him. So- yeah. <laughs> He'll be covered with four guys and there's they're still gonna have a good chance of catching the ball. Yeah. That one catch of Evans made was just spectacular. He jumped like twelve feet in the air. It was a beautiful catch.
2: Is it in the video?
1: No. I don't do highlight plays. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to do highlight plays with music and everything, but YouTube is so, you know, used to. Years ago, you used to be able to do that, but now, you know, they'll kick you off YouTube for doing that stuff. Copyright infringement or whatever. James Winston has thrown for over 300 yards in four straight games, becoming the first passer in team history to accomplish that. Rick Stroud, information.
2: I think if James hadn't had those really abysmal, awful games, this might be one of his best seasons, you know? I mean, th- those games were so bad. They've just overshadowed <laughs> him all the good stuff he's done this season. He's really just got to pull out the rest of the season.
1: Just play like he has the past couple of weeks. To be yeah, absolutely. Game. Calm, relaxed, not making a whole lot of mistakes.
2: We'll see how it goes against New Orleans next week or this week.
1: We've got to win that New Orleans game. We've got to. This is a make or break game.
2: Ralph did a playoff calculator, which. Y'all thought I was joking when I said you're going to really think we're delusional (laughs) when we're 3-6 and and we're still talking playoffs, but here we are.
1: Yes, well, you know, if we beat the Saints, there's a good possibility. I know this sounds stupid, but there's a good possibility we can take the division. (laughs) (laughs) But if we don't beat the Saints, we're out. I think mathematically we'll be eliminated.
2: Even from a wild card?
1: Yes, because uh, as it stands right now, uh, San Francisco and Seattle are fighting for their division. One of those is going to get the wild card. Both of them have beat us. So even if we tie with them, which if they lost out and we won out, we, we'd be about a tie. So you know, mathematically, I think we're we're going to be eliminated if we lose to New Orleans. So this is a big game. We can't lose to them. We? We're not going to lose anyway. We're we'll going to beat the mess out of them.
2: Are you going to put money on this one?
1: You know I am. <laughs> I made twenty dollars last week. <laughs> Made what? Made up for the $3,000 i have lost all year. Alrighty, uh, that's going to wrap it up for us. Stay tuned at the end of the podcast. We're going to have the latest press conference from Bruce Arians. I still haven't gotten much feedback on that, whether you guys like that or don't like it. Uh, if you haven't noticed, I boost the sound of the reporters so you can actually hear the questions. That's a big issue we always have with listening to these press conferences. We can hardly ever hear the questions, but if you listen to it on the podcast, you can hear the reporters asking the questions and what they ask. And if you're really good, you can identify who it is asking the question.
2: If you've listened to a lot of press conferences.
1: Well, a good metric is if the question is 20 minutes long, it's probably Jenna Lane.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There was a dude the other day that asked a really long question.
1: Yeah, there's been a couple people here lately that I've been like, who is that? I have no idea who that is. The second stringers. Yeah. Maybe maybe somebody's one of, the, one of the reporters is injured, so they had to put the second-string <laughs> reporter in. All right, we're going to have the next podcast out Friday. It'll be uh, covering the matchup between the New Orleans Saints and the Buccaneers. That beatdown we're going to give them, dummies. So until next time.
2: Go Bucks.
0: Uh Jamel Dean, you know, game ball. Uh, studied an extra hour every day last week with Todd to get ready. Knew that play was coming, made the play. Uh, Jameis, two weeks in a row now, has taken us the length of the field to win or tie a ball game. And uh, that's that's the growth you're looking for. Um, not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. You know, we got lucky. Tampa Sunshine helped us a little bit. Uh, we let a guy go on fourth and four, and the sun got in his eyes and he dropped it. Uh, about time we got a break.
3: Can you talk about um, you know that two-minute offense and, and just how you judge a quarterback by you know it was also the end of the half, which
0: was really two weeks in a row. It's the word you yeah, the yeah. I mean, we've we've been we've been outstanding at half all year. You know, last week with forty seconds, this week with a minute, and that that touchdown was huge after we gave up one. You know, and take that lead back for the half. To me, that's how you judge NFL quarterbacks: can they play in that situation? You know, forget to rest. Can they play in that? And, and right now, Jameis, I don't know if anybody's playing better in two minute in the last three or four weeks. Now what's the key to that for him? What is it? I think it's confidence knowing what you're doing. First of all, trusting the guys around you, putting in the time to know what you're going to see, all right? And uh, is this team a blitz team? Is it a cover two? What are do they doing do in two minute? Are they a Tampa two team, you know? Uh, so have some pre conceived notions of where this ball might go in two minutes. I think the running game really helped. We popped Peyton out there, you know, and uh, can't say enough about Peyton in that fourth quarter. I thought he had a great fourth quarter. That touchdown run wasn't as easy as it looked, even though Vita did knock down three guys. (laughs) I actually watched Vita's high school running back tape today, just in case. It's pretty impressive.
3: Bruce, uh, you can laugh about it now because you survived it. But in terms of the the no risk it spectrum, where is going for it on a fake punt with a double reverse flea flicker? on?
0: Well, first of all, there's no such thing as pass interference in, in punt formation. You know, uh, so that I don't know where that came from, but they did make a uh, they did make a heck of a play. Um, we we should when they moved, we should have checked out of a seven man box, and uh, that's stuff we talk about. Now, you know, we phys- with our young guys, we have to physically do things on the practice field. and uh, something will correct. Coach, the two turnovers that
1: the defense forced, they both happened in the red zone after the offense turned over the ball. So what does
3: that say about the mentality this team has to never give up on a play even when their,
1: their oh, backs are against the
0: wall? Can't say enough about our sudden change defense. I mean, we were three out of four. And um, I think Levante's play turned the whole game. You know, uh, we turned it over. He takes it away, and, and that's a play probably four guys can make in this league, and he's he's obviously one of them. Uh, then, you know, the second one when Jamel makes that interception. So, yeah, I think when you turn it over and people start, we take it back, it's huge, huge confidence builders. Coach, you talk about the, the growth of your team, and your first two wins, the last game-changing play was made by the defense in Carolina mm-hmm. and also in L.A. when uh, Dominick suit Put the ball and wins
1: it back. What about yesterday when your offense is the side that actually makes the last game
0: changing play? Yeah, I, I think, you know, last week and this week, um, our offense did what it took to win the game. You know, uh, we 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 got to where we needed to in Seattle. Um, I think had we won the Contiles, we'd have won the game, but we didn't. So, it, it i it just say with the growth of the offense, you know, when when you start averaging up in the high twenties in points, you're doing something right. And defensively, we got to we got to start, and we have. You know, this this is the first one where we play a little bit better. Did
3: you uh, design a few more things for OJ based on what you thought he'd get from the Cardinals and and, and his development in the second half? How big will that be?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's huge. You know. Um, did we purposely put it? We had a couple plays, you know, the thing on the goal line. We thought we'd get a good matchup, and uh, it, it wasn't actually what we looked for, but it was a great throw and catch. You know, Jameis saw it, got, liked what he saw. Um, we knew they were going to play a lot of cover, two, and he should own the middle of the field. And, you know, he had some good seam balls, almost had another one, um, had the shake out in there. So, yeah, I think it was more just same stuff, just more opportunities to get it.
3: Rotated the other you know, safeties. Jordan was out there every play, but Edwards and Adams had, didn't even split exactly how much mm-hmm. How is that combination and rotating them working?
0: Yeah, it's just a matter of uh, we want to see them both, you know. Um, Mike is still growing from when he had his injuries, and um, we like him. Anthony's a safe, solid player, so just give them both reps.
1: With Jamel Dean's growth, and I, it's a good problem to have, but when Carlton does get back healthy, how do you
0: handle the cornerbacks? It'll be it? fun. We'll have, we'll have guys that, uh, you know, we can put in there and, uh, and maybe even rotate a little bit and maybe keep them fresher. Bruce, I know
3: you were frustrated with the officiating there at the end. Is it someone's job on the sidelines to literally take the red flag away from you when you're out of challenges?
0: Yeah, I would kept it. It yeah, goes back about eight years. I saw Marvin Lewis throw it to stop a game. You know, he was obviously on his knee. All right. It was a timeout. I wanted to make a statement.
3: So you wanted to make a statement yesterday by throwing it?
0: I knew I didn't have any. To
3: that crew Ooh, or just yeah? the Same crew that?
0: No. This was we had them. Kind
3: of doing the same thing in terms of yeah making challenges just to just to prove a point or show.
0: I mean, I th- I still thought we should have won the pass interference on MJ. I mean. Um, but we we obviously didn't. But uh, you know when things are going in a game, there's only some certain ways to get the point across, and uh, it could have cost us you know losing a timeout. But it wasn't a penalty, so. So
3: that doesn't... what forces the crew to come over and talk to you,
0: or? or... Uh, no, it's just <laughs> when everybody sees it on the jumbotron, and you 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 guys watching this, yeah, yeah. all right. Let's pick. Let's pick it up.
3: Talk about, um, you know, Lamonte's play. Obviously, mm. it's been one thing. He's been, he's been very solid. Um, what he means, you know, you talk about leadership a lot. What he's meant to the young guys.
0: I, I don't know if you. I don't know if you can quantitatively put a, a value on it. It's so so big. Yeah. You know, for a young guy to to go to a guy and and him on the field, off the field, everywhere in life help these kids out the way he does um you know it's it's the ultimate pro is the only way i can say it and he is the ultimate pro
3: in terms of uh you know you talk about team and guys sacrificing that's what you want right camp breaks a guy that made a lot of plays in this mm-hmm. league makes a lot of money um, but is willing to kind of take his role at i think 15 or so snaps just mm-hmm. important is that the sort of thing you have to have if you guys are going to be successful?
0: Yeah, I, there's no doubt about it. You know, uh, we, we had plays for him, too. The, this time it was OJs, and uh, they've been cams in the past, uh, especially in the red zone where he's so effective. And uh, But, yeah, I, I, I think that's part of being a team member.
3: I think the offensive line had given up two sacks in the first ten plays yesterday. Was there an adjustment made? I think it went about 40 before the next one.
0: Uh, I, I, think, yeah. I think sometimes – Watching film, you don't get a sense for a guy's power, you know. And uh, I think I want to say we busted one of them, you know. So, but yeah, I think offensive line's got a lot of pride. And um, I was disappointed in one of our running game. We had too many negative runs in the second half. You know, guys penetrating gaps, and uh, we were running some outside zone and even our downhill stuff. You know, um, we were using Josh Wells as a tight end. And, uh, and he got beat, so um, th- that part was a little disappointing.
3: You know, so much of this year we started you know, with you being hired as a, being a referendum on Jameis, you know, what, what happens after this year. Um, how do you evaluate that? Is it the two-minute stuff like you mentioned? Uh, do you, have you made a decision as to whether or not he should be the quarterback going forward? How uh, do you I, look I th- at that?
0: It's an ongoing process for me. You know, every, every, every the, the good, the bad, the ugly, you put it all together. Um, two-minute is huge. When you can take your team at the end of the half and go get a touchdown in a minute, end of a game, you know. uh, We didn't do it in Frisco, but now we've done it for a few weeks, you know. uh, You don't really want to get in that situation in your first game, you know. But, uh, yeah, so I see that growth. I see him throwing balls away, you know. Um, First, the guy made a really good play on the first pick, you know. I think we could have run a better route, but that was where to go with the ball. You know, same thing with the second one. It is us. So I, I just see growth. I see growth as a leader. I see growth as a quarterback. Sacks, that's yep, part of that's it, huge. Right? It's a big part of it. Stays second and ten, not second and eighteen.